Welcome to the Buck and Strutton Podcast, the chronicles of a few unlegendary hunters. Your home for tactics, strategies, and stories. folks welcome back to the buck and strutton podcast boy do we have a treat for you today you have got all three of us nick kyle and dustin here and we are going to uh recap kyle's north dakota hunt so with that kyle and dustin how you guys doing Uh, not too bad can't complain pretty good kyle you been to the old tim hortons lately or how's that been I've been staying busy and, you know, you guys are, uh, you guys are keeping me entertained with our, with our little text group chats. That's for sure. Honestly, though, the last couple of weeks, it's been, it's been pretty busy. I mean, this is the first podcast that we've done since opening week. And it's not for a lack of not wanting to do a podcast, but it's just been full steam ahead. You know, I mean, with your new promotion and work and whatever Dustin does, I don't even know what Dustin does. And most of the time, Dustin's like just a creature that roams everywhere. and Somehow he does everything. But I mean, that, that perfectly describes him. I honestly, you know, every once in a while, I'll get a Snapchat from him or this or that, but I mean, never seen him do anything. I'm what they yeah. refer to as an, I'm, I'm an enigma. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a, I'm a rare, I'm a rare, I'm a rare thing. Every time, Here. every time I call this guy, like, Hey man, we're going out tonight. What are you doing? All oh, just, just eating. <laughs> like what? Dude, you must eat like 12 times a day. I live a simple lifestyle. A simple man that leads a simple life. That's, yep. that's Dustin Rector right there. Yeah, that's right. He's simple, all right. Men, men, <laughs> men aspire to be me. <laughs> oh boy, uh, shit's getting deep here. Yeah, right. uh, yeah. <laughs> we'll, uh, bunch of dickheads. We're gonna change the subject on that right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Kyle, we're gonna get right on into your freaking your story, man. I mean, this happened probably about a month ago. But let's uh let's start all the way from the beginning, dude. Like I want to hear the prep that went into it, how you kind of figured out what part of North Dakota you were gonna go to, the whole nine. Yeah, I mean, I put back uh, this was this was probably back in the spring. I put in for the draw, um, you know, for to to get a a deer tag in North Dakota. And then all of a sudden one day I got an email and it said I was successful. And, you know, at the moment I didn't realize what that was. I got, I just assumed you, you always got a deer tag. So my buddy said, like, Oh yeah, they're over the counter. You didn't have to apply. And then, you know, so I was planning on going and hunting whitetail there. Um, but then like I, when my tag showed up, it said, you know, any deer tag. 
And, you know, I was talking to my buddy and, and he was saying like, oh, go to this area. We see a lot of whitetail here. And he was showing me stuff on the map and, you know, sharing on X pins and stuff like that. And then, you know, I thought about it. I'm like, well, a tag says any deer. So to me, that means I can shoot any deer and there's mule deer in North Dakota. So therefore I should be able to go shoot a mule deer. So, I mean, I, I kind of came to that realization uh, only a few weeks before I left. Um, that I had for the dates that I had, you know, set aside for that trip. And, um, so then everything that I, you know, had planned and where I was going to stay and, you know, with the kind of areas on Onyx that I got some Intel on stuff, like I pretty much threw all that out the window. Cause I'm like, well, I got an any deer tag. I'm going to go after a mule deer. So then after that, it was like, all right, all hands on deck. We're going to stare at Onyx for, oh, I honestly, I'm surprised when I cross-eyed. I mean, I'd sit there at night and I'd just be scrolling, looking down on X. Where's the public? You know, and just looking at everything. Okay, that kind of looks like mule deer territory or like where they would be. And then I also quickly realized I don't know shit about mule deer. So that made this very difficult. <laughs> did So did you start watching videos or, you know, asking people about how to hunt a mule deer? Or did that just, you just kind of said, you know what? The hell with it i'm gonna go out there and see what happens uh, uh honestly i i was so busy with you know work and just life that i was like i i totally forgot the whole like hey you need to learn about mule deer in order to go hunt mule deer so it, it ended up being like you're just gonna send it and see what happens <laughs> <laughs> so, so definitely not my like most prepared moment in like that sense of like Hey, let's go learn what kind of habitat mule deer like. You know, when I've seen videos and I've watched, you know, kind of, I knew a little bit about mule deer and what they like, and I knew they weren't like white tail and, um, you know, they like more open stuff and and whatnot. But you know, there was, I could have been a lot more prepared in that sense of like just learning about mule deer because like white tail, yeah, I know white tail, um, and you know, I'll, I'll get into it a little later in the story, but like, you know, it showed that. I was I was fairly unprepared for the kind of habitat to look for. Right. So now you went out to North Dakota by yourself. Yep. By I went. Uh, yeah, by by myself. Drove out. Um, I almost made it through the night. I stopped in Minnesota. I took a nap for like two hours, but then I uh, Minnesota. Yeah, you gotta drive to Minnesota. Minnesota's right below you. Like, what's that? Like two hours out of your state? Below me, it's like five or it's like four hours to the uh, west. <laughs> okay, right next to you. Yeah, I live on the east side of Wisconsin. I had to drive across all the way across <laughs> Wisconsin, and then I took a nap in the middle of Minnesota. Where'd you stay? So I, I I pulled off on a parking or not a park ride uh you know a rest stop area i just parked in one of those are you trying to die hey i'm alive do you know how many like serial killers frequent those rest stops do you not listen to crime junkies no i don't do i look like i want to be murdered no would a murderer want to murder me probably not well you're talking to the guy you're you're talking to the guy that went to North Dakota by himself for ten days, like with no cell phone reception for most of the time. 
Yeah, that's different versus stopping at a rest area, dude. I took a two-hour nap in a rest area. I was fine. It was like three in the morning anyway. That's prime time. That's that's prime time serial killer movement, you know. Hey, here's all I'm gonna say. If I was a serial killer, I'd want nothing to do with Kyle. <laughs> and it's nothing, it's nothing of intimidation. If I was it's, Buffalo Bill over here, I'd look at that and be like, I ain't rubbing no lotion on that skin. Uh-huh. I'll rub lotion <laughs> on your skin. <laughs> you damn right you would. Uh-huh. It'd be yeah. like, oh, you want to murder me? Well, the tables might turn here. <laughs> Except uh you're gonna Matthew learn today. Shoot. You Matthew shooters, you got a hard on for us Hoyt shooters. Oh well. <laughs> we, we we shoot we shoot Matthews because we don't want to Hoyt them. That's pretty good. Uh, shout out to Brad. He sent me a gift when I used to shoot Hoyt. Now I don't shoot Hoyt. So. <laughs> so you 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 stopped and slept in Minnesota. Okay, well, it, yeah. when you word it like that, it sounds bad. But so I left on the first after work. So I worked till four o'clock and then I had to go back to my house and I had to pack up some stuff, get the truck packed up and just go. Went. And so I didn't leave Green Bay until like six o'clock. So I didn't get across the state till like nine or 10. And then like I, I was boogieing across and, you know, worked all day and you know, it's, you know, I don't know how, but it's tiring, you know, to drive that far. So I got halfway through Minnesota and I you know, started to feel get, eyes were getting a little heavy and there was a rest stop and there wasn't another one for like 80 miles. So I was like, all right, whatever. It's, it's getting late. You're going to, I'll just take a you know two hour nap get up and then drive because the whole plan like initially i wanted to drive through the whole night and just get there for like according to the gps i would have got to where i wanted to hunt um at like six o'clock so then i would have had another an extra morning to scout you know because that was my game plan to going into this was just get into areas where i could see a lot and sit high you know get up high and just glass and glass and glass and glass like that was the name of the game um, for me going into it. And I wanted that extra morning to go do that and then to go get my campsite and stuff like that. Um, but then I stopped and took, you know, I took that break for a couple hours. And so I didn't get to the area I wanted to until about nine o'clock the next day. So, yes, I stayed in Minnesota, but it was only for two hours and I didn't get murdered. So, <laughs> man, so. We kind of skipped a piece before, like this. I'll kind of want to go in my chronological order of of your trip. We missed a piece on how much shit did you have in your truck? Oh, it was full. Like, it was. You sent us both your list, and I was just wondering if anything didn't make the cut, or I I made room for everything and. I, everything on my list got put on and I had, you know, I went and bought bins and you know, I labeled everything like, you know, food and you know, cooking and camping stuff. Like I had everything and that all fit in the back uh, or the bed really nice. And I was able to roll my town all cover down, the cooler fit in the back. And I mean, cause I loaded the cooler down with blocks of ice and then I put my food and stuff in there and I figured, you know, that'll be, that'll be okay. And which, 
shout out to bison coolers i mean those things like i had ice until i got back to wisconsin like back home so um yeah that that worked out really really well because otherwise if i would have to leave to go get more ice like it wouldn't have been a big deal but like where i was hunting like closest town was like 35 miles away so right right yeah you definitely needed needed some ice right on deck what yeah what was the most not not hunting related like we're going to talk like like around camp related the most important piece of gear that you had honestly the um, the most important piece that i brought honestly might have been that cooler i mean that thing like i i've i've, I've bought cheap coolers before and then this bike cooler was like the first nice one that i bought and like the fact it did so well at keeping ice and everything like just cold and like it, it just did very very well and i mean it was it got hot in north dakota like, there was days it was in the 90s and it um i had like i said i had ice all the way back and that would have that would have made the trip a little suckier if i had to just keep running back and forth to get nice and this and that like um so that was pretty big and the biggest thing i i decided the only thing that didn't make the cut was i wasn't going to bring my my awning like the little pop-up awning because i'm like i knew i probably could have used it but then i was like oh it might get windy or something like that i was like oh it'll be fine and then the campsite there's some that had like trees and stuff i thought it'd be okay um that was probably the biggest mistake was forgetting that because like midday like you could you know you're after your morning hunt you can go back and take a nap or something like that well you can't nap in the tent because it's so freaking hot in the direct sunlight that yeah. you just you're just super sweaty and you're uncomfortable and you can't sleep so that and you can't sleep outside because there's probably too many flies yep so like i took a couple naps like in my truck that were in the shade like that was okay but then you leave the windows down because it's hot and then like one time a hornet flew in that that got a little greasy <laughs> i'd pay money to watch you boots getting boogie out of your truck because a hornet flew in i would pay i hey i didn't run i fought i fought <laughs> uh, you didn't did you get stung i didn't get stung but man those things are built different in north dakota like they're they're a different breed uh that place is those, those things were yeah i don't know I, I wasn't a fan of all the bugs but you know it is what it is so you uh get into camp let's talk about how the first few days went you know like let's talk first let's talk about some expectation versus reality because i'm sure you had a lot of expectation on how it was gonna go and then reality probably said it. Yeah. Well, so the, the first day in camp was on the first. The season didn't open until the third at noon. So I was just going to scout and scout and scout. And um, I was the first person in the campsite. And it was North Dakota has some some of these uh, campsites set up where it's like 10 bucks a day. There's a bathroom and there's supposed to be a hand pump with water. Um but uh, unfortunately, they think the water table dropped, so the hand pump uh, wasn't pulling anything up. So they just took the handle off so people wouldn't sit there and try and try and try. Um, so that was kind of a bummer because I brought one case of water and I was really banking on that that pump of water to be there for 
you know, cooking, taking hobo baths and, you know, it was drinking water too. Um, so then I kind of had to like be a little, uh, selective on, you know, when I used water at first, cause I didn't like, if I was smart, I just would have went right away and bought a bunch of water once I realized the pump wasn't working. But, um, so I just kind of like rationed what I had, but um when i got more later so like it was fine it wasn't like i was ever in trouble but like that first day i was gonna go out and just go drive around get a feel for the area kind of see what things looked like and i had onyx pulled up and all the maps downloaded so like and i had pins set up prior and well these two other guys got i uh, got to camp and honestly if it wasn't for these two guys like i don't know how my trip would have ended up um really? shout out yeah like i mean they, they pulled up and I saw they were, they were shooting, um, shooting a bow. So I just I pulled off to the side a little bit and I was like, all right, I assume you guys are out here to hunt. And they're like, yeah. And we started talking a little bit and, um, it's, uh, so shout out to Travis and Donnie, man. Those guys were, you know, they, they were the second people in the camp and like, they let me hang out with them for a while. And like, they were, they're people after my own heart. They gave me beer. They didn't even know me and they gave me beer. Right away. <laughs> hey, listen. We're going back to the serial killer thing, all right? <laughs> <laughs> we're go back to the serial killer thing. You don't take candy from strangers. You damn sure don't take beer from strangers unless it's super cold, all right? It was it was super cold. It was Keystone, so that wasn't great. But it, <laughs> it, it was it was free. So Donnie and Travis, you guys need to drink better beer. And I know they listen to these because I told them to, and they downloaded some, and they 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 really enjoy them. So, thanks for the support, guys. But drink better beer. Yeah, Keystone's not that great. <laughs> hey, now I, I'll admit I've dabbled in the stones, and I when money gets tight, you dabble in the stones. That's what you do. Right, well, I I brought a case of Bush Apple, so just saying that that's all right. But. Yeah. So like, yeah. so, so I talked uh, to those two for a while and they were both from North Dakota and they kind of asked a few questions on like, how did I, you know, kind of pick that area on a map and that campsite and this and that. And, um, you know, and I was just, you know, I was honest with them. I was like, a lot, a lot of public here. And it, I knew it was by South Dakota and, you know, in that, in that ballpark, Badlands and, you know, the, the terrain looked good. So, I was like, yeah, it's figured why not. And if it wasn't, if it didn't pay off, just pack up and go somewhere else, you know? And, you know, they, they kind of told me like, yeah, you, you did well. You picked a, probably picked one of the better areas you can go to in the state for, especially for meal deer. Um, and so like going into it, my expectations were, you know, I just want a meal deer and I'm going to take, you know, something that just gets me excited. Like, I just hope to have a really good experience. Like, even if, um, even if that meant like, Hey, you don't come home with any meat, you know, or meal deer or whatever, like you're going to have, you're going to experience something you've never done before. You're going out of your comfort zone. You're, you're going to go do it one way or the other. You're going to go do it. And, you know, if you get something great, if not, you're going to have, you know, who knows how many stories and, you know, experiences. So, and then after talking with them a little bit, you know, they talked about, you know, some of the deer that get taken in the area and stuff like that. And that, 
like, oh yeah, you know, if you he'll hunt hard, uh, you'll get a good one. And people were talking about like, Pope and Youngs and stuff like that before he came out here. And you know, and I don't know, like yeah, shooting you know big scoring deer, school and everything like that. But you just for me, it was more about the experience. And then with talking with them, my expectations kind of went up a little bit. But then you know, after I kind of started going out and scouting a little bit, and um, you know, those first few days, I quickly realized like all right, this isn't going to be uh go out there, get on a high point. And you're you're going to see deer everywhere, you know? And um, so, you know, it was kind of a roller coaster in that sense. And, you know, lucky for me, Travis and Donnie, like they had their campsite. It was you know, just within walking distance of mine. So, cause, cause honestly, that was probably the hardest part of the whole trip. Like I was just there alone, you know? Right. right. It was me and my campsite and that was it. And, you know, yeah, I could swing by there midday and maybe at night and something like that, but we all hunted most of the day. So it was like, you know, you didn't want to stay up too late and they wanted to go to, you know, so, you know, yeah, so I talked to them for a little while and, you know, so that was nice to, you know, at least talk to some people and like the campsite filled up and there was other people and stuff like that, but they were kind of my go-to and I think they left, I think it was Monday. So they hunted from like Friday to Monday or, or something like that, Tuesday. And um, I think it was Monday. And um, and then they ended up leaving. So, you know, that left me out there by myself for, I think I hunted for, I hunted for eight days. And yes. So, I mean, that, that's a while to be out there by yourself. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's kind of a, that's kind of a daunting feeling you know like yeah. we're we're humans we're not we're not really nowadays we're not really meant everybody's so connected so yeah we're not really meant to be i guess alone or not really social yeah like we're, we're interactive you know right, it's right. like want to be by people talking to people and like especially with cell phones and like it's it's so easy to be connected well in the campsite you didn't have cell service you could walk or drive to the top of the point which is right above camp um like it's like a minute drive and or you could walk there and you could get service there but you know all your stuff's down at the campsite so you're you know that's where you just spend most of your time so like when i was down there it's like now what do i do you know you know, and then, and so, which, I mean, that was kind of a blessing and a curse because it was like, all right, well, instead of sitting here and not doing anything at the campsite, I'm going to go hunt, you know, even though it's midday, hopefully I can go see something. And, you know, because, because that was the name of the game, talking to Travis and Donnie, like they were, they were giving me pointers and tips. So that opening day rolled around. And so you can't hunt till noon. Um, but I still got up in the morning. I went to an area that I kind of like that looked good to me on a map and I saw, five white tail bucks that morning really yeah and one of them he was if i was smart i just would have said screw the mule deer i'm gonna go after him he was he was a giant and he was in velvet but i was just my heart was set on go after the mule deer like that's what you're here for go do it and um i talked to travis after and like they were asking like hey you know how are you you know what'd you see this morning i told him i saw a bunch of white tails but no mule deer and you know, and he actually gave me some advice and he's like, you know, hey, go north of where you're you're looking. He's like, you're you're thinking like a whitetail hunter right now. You're thinking, go find the thick, nasty, 
you know, that's where the deer are living. He's like, that's not what mule deer do, man. They're in the open. They're not quite in the plains and stuff, but he's like, they're in, it's a hell of a lot more open than you think deer should be in. And mule deer are kind of weird. Like they'll just lay against a random bush and have no cover, but then they like to see, you know, white tails, you know, they use their ears, they use their nose and, you know, and, and they're super skittish and, you know, so that's how they survive in the mule deer. They just really like to see. So they sit in the areas to where they can go see a lot or, you know, and, and every once in a while they'll go into some thick stuff, but it's like, you know, that early part of the season, he's like, you know, go, go more North. So from that point on, like, you know, I went to some of my other pins and then like, then I started getting into deer, you know, and it did get a little disheartening, like talking to them, um, you know, cause they've been going out there for a while. So they knew what they're looking for. And, you know, they would see some quality deer and, and, you know, meal deer and a bunch of deer some mornings. And then like, you know, I wasn't seeing quite as many, but then again, like my eyes just weren't trained for it. You know, I know people kind of talk about that sometimes, but I mean, that's a real thing. Like, you know, yeah, it's easy to spot a deer when it's standing up and in the sunlight and, you know, it just pops, but half the time when you see deer out there you catch an ear flick or like you might see a little color change or you see a tine of their antler kind of shift or something like that and um you know so that's uh that's one of the biggest pro tips i could tell anyone where i actually um i drove probably way too far to go get one but a tripod for your binoculars like because i was just initially i was just glassing with my hands and you know, when you're glassing over a mile, you're shaking just with your natural shakes. Like you can miss that stuff super easy. Yeah. yeah. And then Travis, he, he had his tripod and he kind of set it up for me. He's like, so this is kind of what it's like. And then like, he's, I, I held my binos up and like shaking. And then I looked at the same thing through those and it was like, okay, like I get it, you know, and they probably think I'm stupid, but I drove like over a hundred miles to go to the closest shields. So I could go get one because like it for me, it was like, okay, I'm, I'm behind the eight ball here. Like right. I'm not seeing the box. I'm not seeing as many deer as I feel like I should be. And I think this is part of the reason why. And then of course the, the thing that pissed me off the most after I got the stupid tripod first bush, I looked at, I saw two deer. <laughs> I was like, man, I don't know if that was just like dumb luck or, or what, but you could have waited a little bit, you know, to uh, show me like, oh, hey, it was worth it. But no, first bush. I'm like, damn it. So, but, hey, you know, I figured it out sooner rather than later. So that was good because, I mean, those those first few days, um, I, I saw deer. I saw a lot of does and I saw a lot of um, year and a half old muleys. And, you know, there was one uh, kind of younger fork that I saw and, he was in a really killable position, but that was only like day two or day three. So, you know, and I'm sitting here like I got till like the 12th, 11th or 12th. So I don't, I don't want it to end yet. Right. And, you know, I went out uh, and then there was one day um, I went out and those, those were the biggest meal deer I saw. They ran across this field. And I don't know if they smelt me or what, but they were probably five, 600 yards away. And I'd watched them book it across this field. And, um, Two of them were noticeably bigger than everything else that I saw uh, to that point. And then I watched where they went and I didn't know it at the time, but there was like a, a river drainage in there. So like, I thought they went over this little hill and I never saw them come out this bigger hill off the backside. So I just thought they were just in this little bowl. 
So I got the win right and I had an arrow ready and I was just going to poke my nose over and, you know, I had it all planned out in my head. And then like I came over and then I saw this draw leading right into this riverbed and I was like, damn it. I just got bamboozled. <laughs> so who uses the word bamboozled? anymore? I do. <laughs> Is that a Wisconsin thing? <laughs> That's a mule deer killer thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. I wouldn't know about that. <laughs> No, no, you won't. Maybe someday. <laughs> yeah, maybe, uh, maybe next year. Yeah, it's um, yeah. I mean, hey, yeah, I I know what we're looking for now. So there, there's uh, there's definitely gonna be less of a learning curve going forward for obviously next time I go because I mean I'm planning on going back at some point and even if I don't draw in any deer tag, you know, and I just get a white tail tag, like I'm going back to North Dakota. Like that. it was just the whole trip a thousand times. It was worth it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, that was, those first few days were, you know, they were tough. I mean, I put, I put a lot of miles on, um, you know, and, and cause I just, I didn't know the terrain. I didn't know what was good, what was bad. And I was like, that's, that's how I'm going to get this done is just, put miles on the boots and cover ground and you know if i can't spot them i'm gonna go find them and you know, you know that 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 was the game plan get high and blast and move a lot and put a lot of miles on and um i think so i hunted for eight days and i put on 80 miles and that was just like distance that wasn't including up and down like so i was feeling it i mean did you ever at any point, like, did you doubt the process? Did you doubt what you were going to, like, what you were doing? I think for for a little while there, kind of toward right the day or two before. Um, I don't know if it was I was putting a lot of pressure on myself or, like, I was just getting a little frustrated that I wasn't seeing, like, I just wasn't seeing bucks. I was seeing does and I was seeing this and that. And I was like, I, I didn't know if I was doing something wrong. Um, so I was sitting there like, okay, like, do I just pick up and do I go somewhere else? Like, do like, I'm in deer and spots that I'm going to, but I'm not just in the deer that I want to be in. So do I, you know, abandon those spots and then do I go and try and find uh, new areas? I mean, cause there's, there's so much public out there that it was, I mean, it was busy. Um, you know, that's one thing I'll, I'll mention that, um, you know, that cause it's that Labor Day weekend. Um, so it's busy. Like there's a lot of people out there and, but there's still plenty of area to go to. So don't let that discourage you or anything like that. So, um, you know, you'll see a truck here, a truck there pulled off on, on this access or whatever, but it's like, you you could fit i don't even know how many people on an access like there's so much land out there that you're um you're good when it comes to that so um i don't know so then like you know i kind of like went through it all in my head i'm like well you're not seeing what you want to see where you are what's the worst that happens you go somewhere else and you continue not to see what you want to see like if you're not seeing it where you are go find it where you do want to you know or you haven't been and see what happens so and and i think part of it too was just being there alone you know like we talked about like that that got hard like there was days where it's like i didn't want to get out of out of the sleeping bag because you know it, it gets pretty chilly out there at night and then 
got to get up early and then go walk in on an area I've never been. And like, no one's there to like kind of uplift you or tell you, hey, it's all right. You'll, we'll get it. We'll figure it out. Or like, there's just no one to talk to. So I was like, you, you got to find that motivation within you to just keep going. Like you're out here. You just drove however many hours it was 13 hours, 12 hours, like to go hunt meal there. And what are you going to do? Not get up in the morning and go hunt because you're feeling a little down because you're not seeing what you want. Right. So you, you probably wouldn't do very well on naked and afraid then. Or is that what that show is? <laughs> uh, I don't think anyone wants to see me naked. <laughs> Well, <laughs> Dustin might. But... <laughs> oh, you read my mind. <laughs> Always stay after the sh- after the show, and you'll get your own show inside. Uh, yeah, I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> People are gonna quit thinking this is a hunting podcast. It's yeah, chain link to members only or whatever. <laughs> fans only. <laughs> only fans. <laughs> only fans. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> Fucking shredding see, on see you, see, you would know. <laughs> yeah. Well, That's how he got all that money to go out to North Dakota. He lied to us about the promotion <laughs> he got. Well, I, I, I got one subscriber, and his name's Dustin. I don't know if he's kind of weird to That is funny. So, uh, we'll reel, we're going to reel this back in. We just we just lost all our followers, so yeah, everybody, nobody's gonna listen to us anymore. Don't blame them. So, what day was it that you actually got onto your mule deer? So I think I had it was the third to last day, so I believe it was the ninth because I had to leave on. Um, I initially was planning on staying till the 12th and then like I thought about it. I'm like, you can't stay till the 12th because you have to, uh, you have to drive back. You have to get home. Like, yo, it just, it just didn't make sense to leave on that Sunday. Um, so I knew I had to leave Saturday, you know? And then I was like, even if I stay and hunt Sunday morning, you know, if I am lucky enough to get one, well, now my Sunday morning plan to leave at, you know, 10, 11 o'clock just turned into late afternoon and you've got to work the next day you know so now you gotta you got meat in the cooler you got you know 12 hours that you have to drive and you have to be to work for seven o'clock you know and but might i add you haven't taken a shower in over a week so yeah that that was that wasn't gonna fly so i knew i had to leave the 11th and um so it was the ninth was um rolled around and then i knew i had two more days so like i started to feel the time crunch i mean i put i hunted hard like for a lot of those a lot of days i put a lot of time a lot of miles and you know i I just felt like i was just kind of like spinning my wheels there for a little while and but you know and i kind of expected that too where i'm like i I knew i was going to hunt a new species i've never hunted a new style that i've never hunted that's something we haven't touched on that you know, I'm from Wisconsin. We sit in trees and every once in a while I'll hunt on the ground, but like I'm waiting for the deer to come to me out there. It's a totally new game of like, there's the deer. How do I get into bow range of that deer? And like that, so that was just completely new to me. 
And like, so I knew there was going to be a learning curve and I knew it was going to be tough, but I mean, I was on whatever day that was day seven or that's how many days I was out there. And, um, I didn't even have a stock in yet on a deer. Like I was seeing deer, but I never saw anything that I wanted to go out and put a stock on. So I was like, I was down in the dumps about that a little bit. Cause I'm like, man, like it'd be one thing if I'm seeing the deer and like, if I'm messing up stocks or something like that, but I was like, I'm just not seeing them. Like this is just, it was just getting really tough. And then, um, and then at that point, mentally, I kind of hit a point, you know, like I was debating on like, you know, do you call it and go home a little bit early just because like you need to go home, reset, recharge. Cause mentally man i was fried like physically like i was okay but yeah mentally i was like you haven't talked to like you're talking to fucking cows (laughs) 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 i I mean there's cows all you know it's it's the you know this is um it's all public and the way they they set it up like the ranchers they can put their cattle out on the on the public and and i'd be walking by and all the cows they kind of like sit there and stare at you and i'd be like guess you mule deer i'll stare like no well if you do let me know i mean i was i was talking like crazy person (laughs) yeah cows hey there uh (laughs) hey there beth and annie how you guys doing today how are you guys doing where's your little one at was he at school did you guys have a good night last night (laughs) Uh, yeah i mean honestly it was it was to the point where I'm like, okay, you can't keep talking to yourself because you sound crazy. Now you're talking to freaking cows and you sound crazy. I was like, oh boy, things things are gonna get western here pretty quick. But you know, so I, I kind of hit that point where I was like, you know, I don't wanna I want I want the experience to be there for like when I go after the deer. And at that point, my like expectations or like what I was looking for in terms of like size of my deer i i was pretty much just going to be happy with e- even if i had a good opportunity on a doe um i was going to go for it because you know one i didn't have any stocks in yet and um two I, I was ready to go home like that was just a long time to be out there alone and no one to talk to and it was just i was good with whatever because I've, I've experienced everything that you know I learned a ton like and, and if it took if it if i needed to give it two more days i would have been there like as much as i would have said like okay yeah you're gonna go home after this morning and you're gonna call your trip two days early i would have kicked myself in the ass and be like you're not going home like you're here you're gonna get it done or you're gonna put every single thing that you have it within you to go try and get it done you know that's why you're here so the morning i killed was the ninth And I went to a spot that one of the guys told me about that they've been seeing deer the last couple mornings. Well, the day before some ranchers did a roundup. And so I don't know if that had anything to do with, you know, pushing deer around or what. So I still went there in the morning and I sat there for like the first hour and I didn't see anything. And I was like, all right, something's up because they were seeing deer in the last two mornings so they should be there and you know if they're not here they're not here like i glassed everything i picked that place apart like there was just nothing so then i I ran across the road at another spot that i was like well it looks good on a map and maybe got overlooked it's a little closer to a road to that point i was going 
miles back. Like there was shit one day. Um, I saw, I saw five mule deer boxes one day, but I put on 10 mile. I did a 10 mile loop and that was just for the morning. There was two separate days. I put on 18 miles. Like there was, there was a lot of grinding out there. And, um, I, I just figured, well, this was, it's close to the road. We'll see what happens. And you know, if it's not there, okay, keep going, keep grinding, you know, and went across and I saw five, five does. And then I saw a small buck, like a year and a half old, like it's probably just a spike. And at that point, like from where he was, I was like, you know, I would be tickled pink to have an opportunity at like just that, like I'm, I'm ready, you know? And so it, it was game on at that point. So I watched the does kind of work off for a little bit. And then like, he kind of fed up this drainage and like I ranged where he was and it was about 700 yards. So I pulled up Onyx and I did the line tool for 700 yards. And I was like, all right, so that's where he's on Onyx. He's heading that way. Kind of looked at the train a little bit. And I was like, all right, if I go down this drainage, go up that hill, down that drainage, go up the next hill, um, I should be, you know, in the game then. So I cut 700 yards off on this deer and I kind of creep over this lip and which on the way there, I found a shed. So I can't find sheds in Wisconsin, but I can find them in North Dakota, apparently. Um, so I, and I, I had my frame pack with me, I had my bow and it was pretty chilly in the morning. So I have like, I don't I have a few layers on and, um, I kind of creep over this ridge and then I see the buck that I saw and he was facing away from me feeding. And then like, I looked ahead of him a little bit and that's when I saw, you know, this, he was just a, just a fork, you know, a bigger fork that, you know, and he wasn't in velvet. I knew he was hard and like, I knew he wasn't a big deer or anything like that, but he was bigger than the first one I saw. And I was like, yeah, all right. You know, you're the new target. And, and the way it worked, like, it was pretty open. So it's not like something where you can get like a wall of trees between you and him and you can cut the distance. Like I was, I was probably 120 yards away or so and he was feeding away and I was thinking, all right, how do I, you know, how do I get within, within bow range here? But then I, I just kept saying to myself in my head, like, you got to be patient. You, you have to be patient. If you try and go in there too soon, you're going to mess it up. And then like all of this is going to be for nothing. Well, not for nothing. Like you're going to experience and you're going to learn something, but you're not going to be happy about what you learned. Um, so I just kept saying over and over and over again, like, just be patient, just be patient. And then I lost track of the other smaller buck. I think he ended up working back in the, um, my plan was for that buck to go over the hill, like he was heading to. And then once he got over, I was just going to go. And then as he was feeding along, I was going to creep over the hill and just shoot him. Like that was, that was the plan in my head. And the wind was good. The wind was right in my face, 10 mile an hour wind solid. Like I didn't have to worry about anything swirling. And then right about as soon as he like starts to go over the lip, um, three pronghorn are coming like right towards me just just off to my left and i have no cover or anything like that and i don't know if you ever heard of pronghorn but they make this like weird barking noise and i'm like all right whatever like i'll just hopefully they kind of go past me and then when they see me and spook they just keep going that way and like 
of course they don't like they they on they got past me then they saw me and then they ran back the way they came right past where he was so and then they went about 150 yards and then they made this annoying barking noise or whatever the hell it is that i was like i was in my head i'm thinking like well he's gone like i don't know if they care all that much but i'm thinking like oh well i i just need to pretend he's still there and um so so i kept going and of course as i like i'm going up the hill the same hill he just went over maybe five minutes ago i'm walking up the hill and then the wind just dies just completely dies so and they were kind of in a drought in north dakota so like everything's crunchy like there's little cover everything's dry like there's no being quiet you know so when you have that wind cover you're good so i literally stood on the side of this hill for like 10 minutes because i'm like if i try and walk right now like he's gonna hear me and he's gone so i just stood there until the wind picked back up which it did and so i like creep over this hill and um there there's no cover there's no brush like there's there's nothing there's one little bush and then i'm like you know just kind of standing on this like prickly stuff and i was just hoping like there wasn't any cactus or anything like that um because my luck i would see them and drop and sit right on a freaking cactus and um and i like kind of creep over and i'm looking and i'm like glassing there there's this bowl on the other side and um it was about 90 yards to the other ridge on, on the other side. And then there's a bowl in the middle. And then there he was right in the middle of the bowl. So I just kind of like lay down behind this like one little bush. And I, I was looking at him and he was kind of feeding on this one bush. And he go to this other one and I ranged him and I ranged, uh, I ranged him a few times and he was at like 85 yards. And in my head, I'm like, all right just be patient just i said i don't even know how many times i said it to myself because i was i just knew like why rush it you have time he's calm he's going feeding away worst comes to worst we're gonna play this cat and mouse game until he decides to bed down and then you know i'll get into position and i can you know kill him and he probably stayed down there for like 15 minutes and then um and then like i kind of looked at the terrain a little bit because i didn't have a whole lot of cover so i couldn't do a whole lot so i'm just like getting as low as i can behind this bush so he doesn't see me and um <clears throat> and then i'm looking at the terrain i was like oh okay well so to my left like i could have if i could get down off that hill i could loop around and i could come over this little hill between um, him and me and he'd be at less than 40 yards like if I was like, if I can do that, he's feeding slow enough, like I can kill him like easy. And that's where like, I'm kicking myself, you know, later. Cause I was, if I, I should have just followed through with what I was saying, I've just been patient and just stayed there and let him work over the next ridge and then gone after him. And so like, I tried to slide back a little bit. It was a little noisy. And then, um, and then he he must have picked something up because I, I tried to slide again and all of a sudden like his head whipped around and he stared and he was looking at me but i was hiding behind that little bush but he, he knew something was up and he was you know he was curious he didn't know like what it was or anything like that and he he started moving like to my left and i started arranging things behind this little hill that i thought he was gonna poke around poke his nose around and um 
you know, and he was like 90 yards, 92 yards, everything I was ranging. And like in my head, I'm like, it's far. I know that's far. I know I shouldn't shoot, but like with, with how everything worked out with the you know, number of days and miles I put in and like where I was kind of like mentally, I was like, if he stops on that side hill at that range, you know, you're, you're, I'm going to try it. Like worst comes to worst, he's going to like move. And, you know, the arrow is going to miss them and everything's going to be fine. You know, and then obviously I thought about it where like if I make a bad shot and I wound them and stuff like that. But like I was like, if you draw back and you don't feel good about it, like, you know, you're shaking too much, then you're just not going to shoot. Like, that's what it's going to come down to. And all this happened in my head in a matter of five, ten seconds. I mean, it was all like I had. It was, I was, everything was running through my head at the same time. And he comes out from behind this hill and I, I ranged him. I ranged him probably four times just to make sure. Cause I didn't want to get a bad reading and then you know, make a bad decision. And which probably was not the right ethical decision to make, but you know, in the moment it was, it was the decision I made and that's what it comes down to. And um, I had an arrow knocked already. I, and I have a single pin slider dialed right to 92 he was perfectly broadside and I'm like laying on the side hill or sitting on the side hill. And so like, as far as like my base goes, like I wasn't standing, like I was sitting, like I was as strong as my base could have ever been, honestly. So drew back, got my anchor, settled the peep in. And I mean, you know, and, and obviously it all happened so quick, but all I remember is that pin just sat there. Like, I didn't feel like I was, it, it was moving. Like it just felt like it sat behind that shoulder. And like, I felt good. I felt confident. And so I, you know, I pulled through the shot like I do for everything, every time and the shot broke. And I figured like he would kind of move a little bit and he didn't move a muscle the whole time. And the arrow arced in and I saw, I watched it to hit him. It looked like it was a little forward. Um, but I, you know, the height was good. And so I was a little nervous about hitting him forward, but I knew it passed through right away and he took off. Like he just went and he ran over the hill. Um, and then, which I grabbed my quiver and I took off cause I wanted to get on top of the hill. He was at just so I could see like where he went. Maybe I could get a follow-up shot if need be. And I didn't see anything. And I stopped and listened. I didn't hear anything. So I'm thinking like, all right, like I just need to back off a little bit and, you know, give him some time. And, you know, I went back to where my arrow was, it was, you know, stuck into, it was probably like, a, I don't know, eight, 10 inches into the dirt on the side hill. And it was, it had good blood on it. It was, you know, there was blood right away and like it was light blood, there was some bubbles in it. And so, I mean, it tells me I, I hit something that I wanted to. And um, so I still, I backed out. Cause when I first started the stock, um, I dropped my pack and I like you, there was like a line of, uh, a line of clothes cause it was so freaking hot. So I'm like stripping layers off and, you know, so I went back and picked up all my stuff and, um, cause that was probably like from when I saw him and like, by the time I shot, like that was probably a couple of hours. So like, I didn't drink anything the whole time. So I was like dying on that front. And so I chugged the water bottle, you know, it ate, ate a little bit, just kind of like relaxed. And then I started, uh, I started the trail and there's blood right away. There was blood for like 20 yards and then there was just nothing. 
the blood looked good. Like it was kind of like there wasn't it wasn't like a ton, but it was the color was good and there's a decent amount. And like with the dust out there, like it almost like absorbs the blood. So that made it really difficult. Like and there's not a ton of vegetation and like everything like it was just it was just tough tracking. And then I kept going on the line that I thought he was on. And I probably looked for like an hour and a half. And then I got like, I was defeated, man. Like I was, I was in the dumps. I was like, you made a stupid decision. And that deer is suffering now because of you. Like I was, I was kicking myself and, um, but I was like, you need to keep looking. Like, I know you hit him. Like, just keep looking. And I looked for about an hour and a half. I went probably a mile uh, along the relative path I thought he went, and I just wasn't seeing anything. Like, wasn't seeing tracks. And so I, I was like, this sucks. Like, you know, I, I, you know, at that point, I'm thinking, okay, do you notch your tag because you know you're an idiot, and you know, do you head home today or do you hunt these last two days? Like, you know, what do you do? And then on my way back, I was about to call it, like I was ready to give up. And then um, I probably got about 20 yards away from last blood. And I kind of looked over my, to my left and I was like, oh, that's a pretty good trail over there. And I didn't go over there. So what? I, like, I'll just go look. What's it going to cost me? And I, I, I walk, I get on the trail. And so the top of this hill that he ran over is probably only 40 yards long. And like, I'm walking that trail a little bit and I don't see anything, don't see anything. And I get to right where it's about to start to go down and there's blood. So what happened was he ran that first 20 yards and then, uh, he cut to the right, but everything happened so quick for me that I didn't see that. I didn't pick up on it. I assumed he just kept going straight. So I, I caught blood and then like, then it started, he started to open up. Like then it was, it was a lot of blood. It was good blood still. And I started going down this side hill and like, then I like halfway down, I was like, you need to slow down just in case he's not dead yet. Like you're getting way too excited. Stop, take a step blast, stop, take a step blast. And as soon as I did that, I looked up and right at the bottom of the drainage, there's a deer laying there like bedded. So like I knew it was him. Cause like, that's right where the blood was going. But from where the way he was laying it, like I thought he was still alive. Knocked an arrow, you know, I got to within 20 yards and I drew and, you know, kind of, I said a couple of things, made some noises and he just didn't move. I went up and I like I touched him and you, you know, he had a bunch of like red frothy blood, you know, and stuff coming out of his mouth. So like he was dead within probably a minute or two, like, there was absolutely no suffering involved, which like just the relief that I felt of knowing like, okay, you made a bad decision and it worked out and it's the decision you made. And like you owe someone somewhere like, you know, he didn't suffer because of your, your mistake, um, which, you know, and to kind of preface that of, I practiced like up until that point, like I shot, a hundred yards regularly and never planning I'd actually shoot that far. Like, you know, I knew going out West, like, yeah, you probably gonna have to take some longer shots. Never in a million years did I think it would be that far. Um, so it's not like I've never shot that far, even in practice. And like, I just sent it and everything like that. Like, you know, I shoot a lot and I'm a pretty good shot. So it's like, I was confident in, like I said, like if I wasn't feeling it, I would have not shot, but yeah. So 
if you i wish someone was there to record my time because i was at the bottom of the hill and i might the the time it took me to get to the top of the hill so i could get cell phone reception to call like my dad and everyone like to tell them like it probably would have been faster than my 40 time on flat ground (laughs) (laughs) hey you better watch them old bones man you can't be doing that too much i was on top of the world nothing was gonna bring bring me down (laughs) i mean i was I was so excited. He could have been the biggest mule deer in the whole state, or he could have been, you know, could have just been a doe. Like I, I would, I didn't care. Like just the roller coaster that I went through to get to that point, And then the roller coaster that like getting on him and then messing up the stock and then shooting him, and then thinking like it was okay. And then thinking it's not okay to all of a sudden, like on a hunch, you went and checked one more trail and like then he was dead you know he was dead right away i mean i was like i was all over the place because i thought man like you messed it up like now what are you gonna do to now you know you did it you went out to north dakota and, and you just and you did it i mean it was it was the roller coaster of all roller coasters like that is for sure that's a that's a pretty wild story man like there's definitely a lot of lessons to be learned for somebody listening to just come in and a lot of big takeaways on um, how you're going to go about it. I mean, more in, importantly, too, dude, like the mental aspect that we kind of touched on throughout this episode. That's that's big. Yeah. I mean, and, and that that was the part where, like, I didn't even consider that going into this, like. You know, everyone always talked to me about like, oh, you know, who are you going with and stuff like that. And I, you know, told tell them I'm going along. Like that's not safe and this and that. But like, you never think of like, man, like you're gonna go to a place that you've never been for ten days and be by yourself. Like, you know, that's not that's not like the easiest thing in the world to do. But it's just one of those things where it's like, you know, and and that's kind of like how I try and look at like my entire life is honestly like. You have to work hard. Like there's no, no other way around it besides working hard. And in order to like achieve what I want to achieve, I need to mentally be as strong as I can be. And I was like, even if you start feeling down, even if like you want to quit, you want to go home, like you just you have to keep going. Because if I would have left North Dakota a day or two days early, and if I would have left not knowing that I didn't put everything I had into it, I would have regretted that forever. You know, so it was like it was a no brainer of just, yeah, you know, it's easy, easy to go home, easy to call it quits. Like, oh, it's hard. Well, you know, physically, yeah, yeah, physically it was really hard, you know, but mentally it was harder and you have to just be mentally stronger. Like, that's just. That's the best thing that I can t- tell you. Even if you have someone there, like, you know, go with a buddy and, you know, you got to keep him uplifted. If he had a rough day or this or that, like, you got to lift each other up. And especially if you're out there alone, like, you just got to keep grinding. Like, that's the only thing you can do. That's, you know, and I mean, this kind of sounds cliche, but from my time when I served in the military, dude, it's just suck it the fuck up. Like, relating it to giving every ounce of what you have to get it done and to persevere 
you dig deep, man. Like you, you, and I remember talking about this stuff with guys that I served with that, you know, you hear it all the time. Your body is going to give out on you before your, your mind does. And once you get over that lip or get over that, just that thought of, I can't do it in your head, everything's, everything's possible, you know? That that's awesome, Kyle. Congratulations, man. I mean, not many people can say that they went out there first time doing it, getting it done. Ninety-two yard shot. I mean, like first time stalking a mule deer. Like, man, that's that's impressive. Yeah, like you know, and and obviously, like I wish it would have been a closer, like more ethical shot, and um. You know, but given the situation, given where I was mentally, like I I was willing, you know, and I felt good about it. Like it, it worked, you know, in the end of the day, that's all I have to say is it worked. It, was it the right decision or the wrong decision? I don't know, but it worked. I mean, and 92 yards is nothing to shake a stick at. I mean, that that's out there and you know, there's, there's a reason I practice so much. And I mean, it was it was a hell of a trip. And, um, honestly, you know, and coming into it, like, uh, my plan, like if I did get one, like, and this was something I didn't really think about either of like, like how, how to like pack it out. Like I, I knew enough, like I knew I wasn't going to be dragging a deer out of there. Like I knew I was going to be way too far deep in for that, but I was like, Oh yeah, I'll figure out how to like pack it out. It'll be fine. I've seen it in YouTube videos and this and that. Well, so I did like the gutless method on the deer. And then like in order to get it out in one trip, you can't just cut the quarters off and put the quarters in game bags with the bone in. Um, if you want to get it out in one trip by yourself, you got to debone it out in the field. So like I was getting a little, I, I was trying to do it in my head because I was about, as a crow flies, I was about a mile in. Um, and I, I, drank, I had three bottles of water. I drank one while I was waiting to go look for them and then i drank one as i was cleaning them and then i had one more bottle to get out and it probably took me it took me a while to get them like skinned uh quarters off deboned everything in the game bag strapped onto the pack strapped the head onto the pack you know and luckily like i didn't get them mounted so i didn't have to worry about the hide or anything but i still had to you know, carry the, the head out and um, you know, so then I, uh, you know, and I have like stuff for the morning. So I had some food in my pack and then I had all my clothes packed in there. And then now I, I got all this like meat on my back and I'm like, Oh, I won't be too bad. And then I put the pack on. And I was like, Oh no, <laughs> this is, this is going to be bad. You know? So, and, and you go out with all that meat on your back and, um, you know, I even had a frame pack and it was still, it was freaking heavy. I mean, if I can demand, like if I would have left the quarter, like bone in, like I would have had to make two trips. So like to my, in my head, I was like, you're going to suffer. You're going to do it once and you're going to suffer. And so you don't have to come back here to do it again. And, um, lucky for me, I could follow one drainage out and I just had one real steep pull up a hill. Um, but let me tell you, boy, that, that hill was not fun. But it was. There's always one more hill. There's always uh, one more hill. You should have. You should see me try and climb the or get over the barbed wire fence. That was um, not graceful. But yeah, it was. 
I'd have been like a fool in a china shop, man. Like my body's not made to hop fences. I mean, and there there's a lot of them out there. So if if anyone wants to go out there, uh, just be prepared. Like, and that and that's one thing to think about. Like, if you're putting a stock on a deer, because I actually I had to cross a fence to um, to to get over that hill, and I I set my bow down and I rolled under the fence to go, so I didn't have to touch any of the wires. But if you take the fence and you push it down and it makes like a squeaky noise or something like that, like that's enough to like put those deer on edge. So it's just like those little things you got to think about where, you know, yeah, he might be a hundred yards away, but all of a sudden if he hears a fence kind of squeak, like, all right, that's probably not going to help your cause. So, I mean, it was a lot of things came together and like, I'm, you know, he's not the biggest meal deer in the world, but man, he is, he's everything and anything I could have wanted with how the, how the hunt kind of played out, you know, I just, all of it. I mean, I put the time in, I was out there nine days, eight days, something like that. And with all the miles, like the, the stuff I saw, I saw all sorts of pronghorn. I saw elk. I mean, I, I saw everything. It was like the whole experience was amazing. And then, you know, it was just a cherry on top to get an opportunity and to come home with, you know, a mule deer. Like that was the goal was a mule deer. Would it have maybe have been easier to go after some of those white tails? Yeah. You know, probably, you know, because I had a pretty good lock on some of them. Like I probably could have figured them out a little quicker, but you know, I, I didn't go there to for things to be easy. If I wanted easy, I would have just paid someone to go hunt their ranch or something like that with for, with a guide. But right. you know, if you want, if you want to, you know, go do something a little bit more, man. It's that the rewarding feeling you get of like when it all comes together, like yeah, I I don't know, like I, that's gonna be hard to beat for me. You know, it's like. I did it. You know, I was at that point I was getting low and thinking, man, this is, this isn't going to work out how I want it to. And then like when it, when it all worked out, I mean, I was, I was low, man. I was like, I was at the bottom of the, that roller coaster. I'm thinking I messed up and I didn't punch my tag and you know, this is worst case scenario. And then all of a sudden, man, I'm on top of the world and it's, it's why I love hunting. I wish I didn't love it so much, but yeah, that's, that's never going to go away. That's a, it's a hell of a story, dude. Like I know we're both super happy for you. And uh, in the future, I hope that we all can get out there and experience that together. That'd be, that'd be a good time. Yeah. Well, and, and I thought about that of, you know, and, you know, people kind of think about it like, oh, you want less people out on public land or something like that. It's like, honestly, if you can get a group of guys together and go out there, you know, I'm I'm one person looking through one pair of binoculars, you know, scanning a valley. And, you know, I can miss stuff. I can easily miss stuff. Or maybe I'm just not looking at the this one bush at the right time for a buck to flick his ear or something like that, you know. I, I, I always question like how many deer am I just not seeing that are out there um, because they're just, you know, laying in the, the stuff that I'm not looking at when they move. So I can see them. And, you know, and I thought about that. I was like, man, if 
if I could get like two or three other guys up here and just we were all glassing and looking, I was like, I bet we'd find like so many more deer. And, and even at that, you know, ever that would, you know, yeah, you probably have to share stocks with guys, but you get more stocks. Like I would truly believe that you'd see more deer, you'd get more stocks in, you'd have that camaraderie. Like you'd be able to share that success with someone else and be able to experience it. I was like, man, Dustin and Nick got to come out here next year. And like, you know, even if like, if none of us get a any deer tag and we just got white tail tags, I was like, we're coming, we're coming here and you boys are going to experience it. And I'm going to make you put some miles on too. <laughs> <laughs> man, that is a, that's the, that's the goal. Like that's honestly next year things. I know my schedule will be, a lot more open you know being out of school that will that that's the plan we'll, we'll get that in and that'd actually be a pretty cool uh podcast series just like a bonus series of what we're doing to get prepared to go out west you know i know i know we, we we've done an episode on your preparation prior to that but you got three different dudes we're all going to do things differently and how we're going to get ready to go yeah Oh. yeah bring brings in two completely new perspectives about it all and you know you guys are going to experience it a little bit different than i did and you know it's it it it's fun i mean it, it was just it was flat out fun it was amazing like even when i wasn't seeing like the deer i wanted like there was there was mornings i was just sitting there and i was just watching the sunrise and i was like like god i don't i don't know if i ever want to go back it's beautiful out here i mean you, there's everything and anything you could ever want and you know granted the, the one thing i probably would have preferred is a shower uh, maybe after like two or three days you know you, you're but, talking about that man so it was that the longest time that you've ever gone without a shower um it would have been that would have been i so I didn't take a shower, but I took like uh there's there's like this dam that had um that was probably about 30 minutes west of where I was staying. And like there was a concrete boat launch, so you could kind of like walk into that. So like I went and took like a bath in that, like after day five, like when I couldn't stand how bad I smelt. Um but I mean that that only gets you so far. I mean, like, well, like, you know, I, I was telling telling you guys like gold bond and baby wipes only get you so far <laughs> i mean but when well otherwise that would have been pretty much tied for when i went on my elk hunt in, in 2019 because we were in the mountains there for about a week and there was no showers or anything up there i mean 20 something miles back in the wilderness so it was i was stinky We'll just we'll just leave it at that. Dude, when I was in the Marines, it was like 33, 33 or 36 days. We were at a like a mountain warfare training school that we went without taking a shower. It was uh, it was it was disgusting. Like we smelled <laughs> so bad in the sweat, literally on our uniforms, we were sweating so bad. It turned our uniforms white. Like, oh, yeah, sure. everybody makes fun of me, dude. Baby wipes are the way to freaking go. And I don't care if it's 
that uh whatever that one brand is is pretty popular nowadays the oh the dude wipes or, oh yeah yeah i brought those yeah or if it's straight freaking pampers man i'll smell like a fresh newborn baby i don't care hey i mean I, i'm all about it that i mean i i went through a lot of baby wipes trying to like not smell like i mean but it's it's just impossible out there like you wear your clothes your hunting clothes and i mean in the mornings it's kind of shit like there was one day it was like almost in like it was like below 40s or like a high 30s in the morning but then like the day i killed my buck it was uh, like 40s and 50s at night and it was in the 90s when you know midday when i killed them and you know i started packing them out and stuff like that and i was like i was like yeah of course like i gotta pack out a deer and all this gear on the hottest freaking day in here and uh, i was i thought i was gonna die like my buddy brad called when i was like 100 yards and 100 yards from my truck and like we got there and i dropped the tailgate i grabbed like two water bottles and i started just like dumping them all over myself and oh god it was there should have been a film crew there it was, it was majestic <laughs> yeah I, I don't know if majestic was like the right word to put into that but probably something hey that's what the that's what the fedex driver thought when he drove by <laughs> that's funny that is funny man this is a great story and i'm sure we're probably gonna dissect this a little bit more in in future episodes but it is late and I'm trying to hunt in the morning. So I think we're going to cut it off here. Yeah. One more thing I want to say, like, again, like to Travis and Donnie, I know, I know you guys are going to listen to this. Um, I like, and I, and I mean this, like if it wasn't for you two, I don't, I have no idea how that trip would have ended up for me. I mean, maybe it would have been better. Maybe it would have been worse. I, I have no idea, but I mean, you guys, you had no business helping me. You, you didn't owe me anything. Like you guys were, you were nice to me. You shared your food with me. Like, you know, in your experience, you gave me advice. Like, and even when they left, Travis sent me some pins, like they had. And I'm like, so, I mean, truly, like, I mean it, like you guys probably saved my bacon and you helped me not go totally insane to where I was trying to like talk to cows. Like, like have an intelligent conversation at least like i was semi kidding when i was talking to the cows Most <laughs> of the time. i'll tell you you know cal do you uh do you uh connect with them on social media at all i got i got travis's number so we've been we've been talking a little bit uh here and there since uh since my trip well if uh if both you guys travis and donnie if you guys listen to this message us on social media or message cal whenever you hear this and We'll send you guys a couple of our hats that we got and just show some love. Yeah, especially to Donnie. He gave me a free cot. Uh, funny funny side note on that because he knew I, I borrowed a cot from someone out there, and then he had he had a couple cots. So he told me when he was done with his, he was going to let, let me keep that one. Um, when he initially told me that, I, I didn't think he said cot. I thought he said something else. And in my head, I was like, Donnie, you're a good guy, but you're just not my speed, man. <laughs> so, but then I quickly realized he said cot. 
not the other thing. So, yeah, things got a little weird out there. You definitely came back a changed man, huh, Cal? Hey, you never know unless you try, I guess. <laughs> oh, dude, I cannot wait to go up to Wisconsin. Uh, oh. you, better get, you better get ready. More than one front. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Oh, golly. Man, guys, uh, thanks for tuning into this episode of the Buck and Strutting Podcast. I hope you enjoyed Kyle's uh, North Dakota mule deer story. If uh, if you guys have any questions about the hunt and what Kyle did, or if you just want to ask Kyle anything else about how this all went down, feel free to uh, message us on Instagram or Facebook and we'll get you in touch with Kyle. So Dustin, do you have anything to add before I cut this off? No, not really. I think we've covered every front imaginable tonight. So. Uh, you're right, man. <laughs> we, covered, we covered the spectrum tonight. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, stay safe out there, folks, and uh, and as always, hunt relentlessly. We'll, uh, we'll catch you next time. <laughs>